0: Welcome to Movies Your Life. My name is Nathan Chandler and I am privileged to have my wife Whitney joining us today for the podcast.
1: Hi. It's been a long time since I've been invited back. I don't know what I did the last time.
0: <laughs> you offended a lot of people, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> um, do you do you smell that,
1: Whitney? What is it?
0: Mm, it smells like college football season to me. What about you?
1: Yeah, taught. No, I love college football. I can't wait.
0: Yeah. Well, before we uh, talk about the films uh, that we're going to discuss today, uh, I usually say this to the end of the podcast, but I thought it'd be good to talk about it on the front end. But uh, basically, I I need all our listeners' help. You may be listening uh, to this podcast through Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I've even talked to some friends that do it through Google. But um, if you do have a Spotify account, uh, it would really help us out if you just jumped on Spotify, found our podcast, hit follow. Listen to a few episodes. Uh, basically, I produce this podcast using Spotify for podcasters, and when you get to a certain level, you qualify for ambassador ads, and we are right on the cusp of going over that uh, over that boundary. So, um, to all those listening on Spotify, awesome, thank you so much. But if you are on uh, if you are on Apple or something else, if you don't mind doing that for us, uh, we really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, and if you're the person that takes us over the limit. And you live in Oklahoma, in Norman. I will buy you a sonic drink.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were going to cook for them or something.
1: Nah, they don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want people to do it, yeah, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> also, I wanted to thank everybody who participated in our social media polls about what film we should cover next. Uh, for next week's episode, we are going we're halfway through the 50 best rom-coms list and we uh, polled our listeners like what's what's a film we should watch that's not on the list? And Whitney must have, uh, you must have paid people with Sonic drinks or something because the, uh, the people have spoken and they chose one of your favorite films.
1: Yep, my favorite movie.
0: <laughs> so we're we'll, going to
1: get the guns.
0: <laughs> so we're, we'll be talking about the American president next week. But for the time being, we thought of it, you know, as I mentioned at the top of this podcast uh, with Labor Day weekends approaching, which uh, usually means. Uh, Hopefully cooler temperatures are around the corner, but it is the start of college football season, even though technically there were some games last weekend. But this is just when uh, our TV watching habits definitely change. And so recently uh, we have watched the Netflix series Untold, and it's a series of sports documentary films. And we watched two of them, so we thought it'd be a lot of fun to kind of cover these because we, we we talked to a lot of our friends who had watched them, and we were definitely watching college football uh, when these you know these two subjects were taking place. But I was kind of thinking of which one to cover first. But let's jump into uh, Untold Swamp Kings, which we actually just first first okay. yes, college football in the South
1: is way bigger than professional sports. When you come to Florida, football is the world here. Everything is win or loser. Anything less than winning a national title, you're a failure.
0: One, two, three, oh, no! This Untold series, it started in 2021, um, and documentaries as a whole have been on the rise of popularity, especially true crime documentaries. Um, I've always been a a fan of sports documentaries. I've always loved the ESPN 30 for 30 series, if anybody's ever watched those. And Netflix is definitely trying to kind of take their glory a little bit with this Untold series. So uh, technically, they're in about volume three right now. Um, I haven't seen all of them. I did watch the very first one that came out, Untold Malice at the Palace which was about the brawl at, uh, between the uh, Pacers and I think the Detroit Pistons uh, that really changed uh, the way fan interaction happened, especially at NBA games. Um, and I watched one, uh, I believe it was last year, but it was Untold the Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist about Monte Teo and his uh, essential, you know, basically he got catfished. Netflix did a really good job with releasing these kind of building up anticipation to college football season. So this first one is a little different because the rest of the ones I've seen have been kind of true movies. This untold Swamp Kings is actually uh, more considered more of a docu series, and it's four episodes. And they're about forty-five minutes each, but it basically just centers on uh, the Florida Gators uh, teams between two thousand five to uh, between two thousand five two thousand ten, specifically under the ruthless football coach Urban Meyer, and uh, really especially centers on the team when. Uh, Tim Tebow uh, makes his appearance uh, on the team.
1: But so, it wasn't as much about Tim Tebow as I thought the whole thing was going to be about him. Right. When yeah. I went into it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it does give a kind of a scope of this. So just kind of right out the gate. Like, what, did you enjoy the series? Did you like this series?
1: I did. Um, I had a lot of bias because I don't love the the Florida Gators aren't like one of my hated teams. They were in 2005 to 2010, um, but they they aren't, like, right now one of my, like, hated teams. So, like, going into it, I didn't really think it would conjure up a lot of thoughts. But as a Sooner fan, I had a hard time watching some of it, and it would just, like, agitate me still to this day. Um, and I have such a distaste for Tim Tebow and the parts I do not like about Tim Tebow— I thought the documentary would cover, not because I thought they would put him in a bad light, but as much as the news and sports and everybody praised him, I thought they would praise him like that, and it really wasn't about him, and so it kind of, um, almost agitated me that it didn't do that as much as I I thought they would at least cover why they did that so much, and, um... They didn't really do that. So I I was kind of taken aback because they kind of disarmed me because they just didn't really cover him like I thought they would cover him. Right, yeah. They covered all of the stars pretty equally.
0: Yeah, they really did. Yeah, and uh, the last episode, they kind of hit a little bit on the Tim Tebow factor. Yeah. You know, and kind of as a team, how it was a little hard, not because of his attitude towards them, but more so the media's the media attention and the way the public it kind of received them. So they do yeah. touch on it on a little end, but this, you know, uh I did like this uh documentary a lot just because I I thought it did a pretty good job like as you mentioned, you know, kind of hitting every piece of the pie, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and I think that um I had some friends that are now OU friend or OU, OU fans cuz they live here, but they were not OU fans in twenty two thousand five 2005 to 2010. And so when we were talking about watching this Swamp Kings, I immediately was like a true Oklahoma Norman OU fan and said, "Ugh, I hate Tim Devo. And their faces looked at me like I was the worst human being <laughs> on the planet. And watching the documentary and in their mind's eye, I can understand how they thought he was a stand up kind guy. Because that's also what the documentary showed. Now, watching in 2005 to 2010, watching his fake grossness um, and watching how the media really played up his behavior. Now, I don't know if that's his fault or not. Maybe he is truly just the nicest human being on the planet. But in 2005 to 2010, as much as the media spotlighted him like this saint of all saints... Um, like he was Jesus here on earth, made me despise him. And so those people looked at me like I was horrible human being. And they were like, what? You don't like Tim Tebow? And I was like, nobody in Norman likes Tim Tebow. And even my mom the other day, we were like, you should go watch Swamp Kings. And she was like, oh, I hate Tim Tebow. Said the exact same thing I did. And then I was telling somebody else in Norman at lunch, uh, for a work friend, and they were like, oh, Tim Tebow. And I was like, I wish you'd been there when I was telling these people that. <laughs> But watching this show, that is not how he is portrayed. He was portrayed still as this nice stand-up guy, and maybe he is. But in my world, where he beat the Sooners in the national championship, I'd like to continue to think of him as Tim Tebow.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, whether it's college football – or other, you know, NFL programs, whatever. Um, it's always easy to create a storyline, and uh, but I think it's best, uh, especially in college football. And we'll talk a little bit with Johnny football. They like to latch on to a player. I mean. Heisman talk like begins like right at the very beginning, you know and who's going to win the Heisman and there's so many factors in such a long season so yeah, I uh, (laughs) I actually like so what Whitney's alluding to and it happens in the fourth episode, but the Florida Gators uh, were going for their uh, second national championship third of all time, but in this era and in 2008 they played uh, Sam Bradford's Oklahoma Sooners and (laughs) It was it was as if Whitney was just watching the game all over again. They were showing plays of it happened and Whitney's like, "Why didn't they call this? Why didn't they a, a total homer. It
1: wasn't a catch. After I rewatched it on the footage, even the guy said, "I don't think I caught it." And I was like, "You didn't!" Anyway.
0: Should've. But anyway, I was like I just felt like almost the disgust uh, from Whitney right next to me and I'm like, "You know this this happened, you know, okay so over 10 years, 15 ago, years ago, yeah, yeah, ago 15 <laughs> years ago but i mean she was just right there but we do we do have to say and sorry some of this uh uh our sooner fandoms coming out on this we we were vividly remember watching this game together because we were engaged at the time mm-hmm. but and we watched this uh with Whitney's cousin uh Beau and his wife Stacy hi Bo and Stacy and uh and we just remember it was a tight game uh, toward, towards the end and I mean, when basically it looked like Florida basically had it, they were going to run the clock out. I mean, the announcers just started laying heavy. They were laying them.
1: heavy even when OU was a hit.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, um, but specifically, we remember, and of course they didn't show it in this doc- documentary, but Tebow started talking trash to the Sooners mm-hmm. and got in people's faces. And uh, th- these days, I think they would easily throw the yellow flag. And I specifically remember the announcer starting to go, "Oh well, he's just passionate about the game. He just got..." And anyway, th- we were just like that for a second. You g- g- kind of saw the other side mm-hmm. of him.
1: All that, while, and- all the while, he was kneeling, and while I also pray and like Christians. That is not what this is about. He is a poser. Constantly, he's down on the field. On the middle of the game, do you think he's down there in his pads and everything reading the Bible? No. But do you know who he is? You know what they're showing him doing on the sidelines of the middle of the third quarter? Praying. Is that true? No. No, he's not. Maybe he's reading a playbook. I don't know. But they're acting like he's doing his Bible study lesson in the middle of the third quarter. And then he runs off and he screams cuss words and obscenities in our poor OU football players' faces that are sweet and innocent. (laughs) They did nothing wrong.
0: Hey, I do. But that
1: documentary does not go into that, so.
0: Yeah, and we never, there's a lot of language that you hear in this thing in the back. And he did
1: scream and yell at his players in the weight room.
0: Yeah, but he didn't cuss at them.
1: But he did scream and yell. I mean, he wasn't a saint of all saints. He acted just like every other football player in the locker room. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. I actually kind of liked him better (laughs) once he was like a normal human being. But that's not what the news did to him. And maybe that was the news's fault. I don't know. Maybe he is a nice guy. I have a lot of other thoughts about him on the documentary. (laughs) But that is not what this is all about. I want to quickly say, I think (laughs) I'm going to segue you to this. But the whole documentary is about... Basically, how hard they trained. I mean, that's a big portion of it. Yeah, and I have never seen. I I don't think that the Sooners train like that. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't. Maybe they do. Yeah. Maybe I'm being fooled. But that was a lot. That
0: it, yes. <laughs> so and if
1: you played football, tell us. Is that how they train?
0: Yeah, because early on, and uh, I kind of teased talking about how you know Urban Meyer was has this legendary. He was he was ruthless, and I mean they. And even some of his players at the time were just kind of like, hey, "We're not going to war." And these guys love football; they eat, breathe, <laughs> sleep yeah. football. And I mean, some the, I was even uh, pretty pretty shocked by. You know, some of these like wrestling matches and stuff. It kind of seemed they would that,
1: practice like midnight to three in the morning.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Instead yeah. of like
1: yeah it was crazy like it was crazy maybe they do that i I saw a
0: meme or something and it said uh when you were out partying on friday nights this is what the florida gators were doing (laughs) i mean i mean people puking all over the place and i
1: mean maybe that's just what they all do yeah i don't know yeah
0: but um uh we kind of just for a second go back to Tim Tebow a little bit. I have to. We kind of, before hitting record, we kind of joked about that we should do this whole podcast in a Tim Tebow voice.
1: What do you mean? Why would you say that?
0: So we watched this Netflix documentary.
1: He was so soft-spoken and and serious. And I mean... I mean, like, why would you talk like that? You could probably... Know, you have to going to have to turn the volume up on our podcast right now.
0: I'm just so earnest, and I just I'm so love kind football. and sweet.
1: I would never yell at anybody. It was
0: the best years of my life.
1: <laughs> so. I mean, why does he talk like that? Like... He literally talked like he was filming it in a library. Like, <laughs> it never quit. I mean, from it was four episodes, and every episode, he's talking like this. Yeah. Unless he's in the weight room, and then he's like, <laughs> But wh- why does he talk like that? <laughs> it is the strangest yeah. thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Somebody told me it's yeah. not.
0: Yeah. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about Urban Meyer a little bit, because uh, this is definitely, I, I have not been a fan of his um, for a long time. Uh, I do want you to tell a little story of why uh, (laughs) I felt bad because I've never liked Urban Meyer, mainly because of this Florida team, but I never liked, now I will say, a lot more has been exposed now of mental health issues. Uh, I mean, he says in this documentary that he was dealing with depression, and uh, I I don't think that forgives him of some of his actions. Uh, But um, anyway, it always felt like he was kind of like, you know, I'm leave, I, I'm leaving football to be more with my family. Then he's not with his family, and then uh, he totally squandered the the season he was with Jack the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I I, I thought it'd be kind of nice. I really I remember one time I was around your dad, and I just started bad-mouthing Urban Meyer. And I think this was when he was with Ohio State. And then it's really conflicting in my head because I'll let you tell the story.
1: My dad loved Urban Meyer because he had, uh, when he worked in Utah.
0: He started in Utah. In
1: Utah, in Utah, The assistant coach, it wasn't necessarily him, but the assistant coach, and I don't know his name, but he let my cousin Jay, um, who was an amazing guy who loved Utah football, but he uh, had Down syndrome and he let him work for the team, water boy, towel boy, all around just an extra player on the team. And that assistant coach just took him in and let him be on the sidelines, let him do all sorts of stuff for Utah. And Urban Meyer let him as well um, and played a role in that. And so my dad just instantly loved everything about urban Meyer for that reason. And Nathan was always like, but you know, he's a terrible human being. And I, I think it took like, I don't know. I haven't heard what my dad will have to say about this documentary, but I think it'll be hard for him to be like, Oh yeah, I see. Yeah. It.
0: <laughs> well, it, it is very interesting because, uh, I mean, he, I mean, he, he wants, he wants to win, but even, you know, it seems just to the detriment of the health of other players that sort of thing. There does seem to be a turning point, but almost where winning becomes a sickness and he couldn't even enjoy, you know, he, he talks about when they win this national championship and even before he went back to the locker room to celebrate with his team, he was calling recruits, like not being able to And so I think this documentary is an interesting portrait of, of that. Now um, he doesn't, uh, I mean, he, he, he doesn't, I guess like apologize for a whole lot of stuff, but I don't know if he necessarily has to. I kind of
1: figure from watching the documentary, cause it is slanted towards the Florida Gators and he is in it. So it's slanted towards him too. Yes. But he, I feel like he probably acts just like any other yeah. head football coach. Yeah. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I, I didn't think that he was, I mean, yeah, he's tough on them and relentless and gross and you don't really want to be around him. And probably as his family, he probably wasn't around because his focus was always on football. But I would imagine most head football coaches, especially of a big conference like SEC, would be like that.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, and I watching this, I I mean, I really was really enjoying it. The first episode, uh, kind of by the fourth episode, I think. If you're a college football fan, you'll definitely love this documentary. I, I don't think there's much uh, to not like about it.
1: Yeah, d- and if you like Tim Tebow, you might just need to get out your hearing aid so <laughs> that you, you can hear it.
0: If you need a calming voice just yeah, to just make you feel Tim better Tivo. about yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I, but after four episodes and after all the arc, there is a little bit kind of, um, it just made kind of made me start thinking about certain sports documentaries and we'll talk maybe a little bit about this, about Johnny football, but it almost felt like this is more of an autobiography of the Florida Gators from the kind of the mouse of the Florida Gators versus, you know, here's a filmmaker that's going and exploring all these facts. Yeah. If they had
1: come to Norman to interview people like me
0: (laughs) or Sooners, they would have been like a whole other side
1: or even showed some of the media surrounding him at that time. Yeah. I think that that would have, um, really changed the 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 face of it again it was interesting but it did i agree with you it's more just like kind of their story and i i learned a lot from from their mouths from their voices um and in a positive light towards all of them yes i mean nothing nothing that was really um i mean they would even sometimes say like yeah we took it too far or whatever but i mean it was still slanted towards them yeah (laughs) yeah and
0: i'm not uh I'm not enough of a college football purist to know or historian to be like, these were the this these were the greatest teams of all time. I honestly had never really considered Florida in that range. Um, Now, it is impressive. Two championships in three years. I'm not saying that. But um, a lot of the games that they even showcase, they showed and it was things I remember. I mean, they would have complete meltdowns. They would have all these turnovers. So the documentary is kind of built up. of like, this is one of the greatest teams ever. But then they're barely squeaking out a lot of the wins. Now, they did become pretty dominant at, at a certain point. But um, I did think that was a little interesting. I just I, I'd be interested in people who really, really follow college football, like where this Florida Gators team actually stacks up stacks up to. I'm not saying the Sooners just because of the Sooners, but the Sooners, Alabama, uh, Alabama, yeah. or even when Texas won the uh, championship with Young, yeah. You know, I mean, this
1: um, was just their story. It, yes, yeah. it was that just
0: was it, it yeah. was just their story. Um, so, oh, and uh, you know, there's a lot of things they didn't uh, touch on uh, as far as. Uh, the fact that Aaron Hernandez was on the team who later murdered uh <laughs> you know some people yeah. you know there was a lot of stuff that was kind of brushed to the side, but uh, still I mean I thought pretty fascinating to get an inside look look to a college football program it, even it started making you think of like oh what is <laughs> I wonder what venerables is doing with all these guys and yeah. stuff like that so um the, before we move on to the next one, I did want to talk real quick that uh one of the former tight ends who's featured. And this uh, Tate Casey, I did not know him personally, but he, his family was in Longview, and uh, I graduated with his brother. So it was kind of fun. It was kind of fun to see somebody that I knew, yeah. but he would have no idea who I was. <laughs> so, okay, well, we'll, uh, we'll segue uh, to another SEC team and talk about Untold uh, Johnny Football. He's taken on Rolling Stone's Beetle Status. <laughs> Manziel Madness has spawned the nickname Johnny Football. Johnny Football. Johnny Football. Johnny Football. When I got everything that I wanted, I think I was the most empty that I've ever felt inside. This documentary traces the just <laughs> rise of this freshman that seemed to come out of nowhere, uh, Johnny Menzel. Um, and so he spent two years at Texas A&M. And it, really, it's kind of a, to me, a Icarus story. You know, a, a guy who flies too close to the sun. So only plays two years at A&M, but won the Heisman as a freshman, the only freshman uh, to do so. And really... Uh, what, what'd you think what'd you think about this uh, portrayal of Johnny Manziel?
1: Well, so, you know, I f- I, f- I feel like I follow college football pretty closely and so but I don't remember things like you do like so later what year yeah. was that 2000 and Yeah, um 2
0: 2012 yeah, 2013.
1: So, 10 years ago. Like so me just if you would have come up to me before this documentary and said Johnny Manzel, I would have been like, "Oh yeah, he was really good. He played at A&M. That would have been my, like, story about him. Like, oh, yeah, he was really wild and fun, right? Like, meaning he, in my mind, he just played wild and fun football. I don't remember the whole story. So I'm not an A&M fan. I'm not somebody that followed him. So watching it was fascinating because that is not how I remembered it. (laughs) Like, I just remembered he won. I mean, I couldn't have even told you if he won the Heisman. I just knew he did really well. Like, that's all I would have conjured up. But re-watching, I mean, watching the story, it is crazy. (laughs) Um, It's fascinating. You should definitely go watch it. But um, I just, like, there's a lot of thoughts, and I'm sure we'll get to them. But, like, he just wasn't controlled by anybody. And he was taught at a young, I mean, and his parents are so, it's so interesting because they had zero control over his life. I mean, he literally ruled the roost in high school. He ruled the roost in college and it just backfired on him is what it looked like to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it also, it also exposes, you know, a system. I mean, I, I don't think he necessarily should have done all the things that he did, but you know. It's like he realized, especially, it's really interesting because it really is like, you know, all this great talent squandered. And it's like he knew he had the talent. He he probably would say he didn't really, really love football, Mm-mm. but he knew he had the talent. So he was like, you know, I'm just going to get everything I can out of this while I can. You know? Well, he didn't
1: even seem like a kid that like trained. It wasn't like, I mean, it's literally like in high school, he just was good and he was a risk taker that gave zero cares. Yeah. And so he would go out and just wildly throw the ball and it worked for him. Yeah. And he was in a Texas town where football is king and therefore he was king and he could do no wrong. And you could tell that he, he never got in trouble in high school. So when he went to A&M, but it appeared as coaches had zero control, like, yeah, like I think if he would have gone out and gotten in trouble like he did, you would be benched or set the next day game. But because he was so good, there was zero way they were going to bench him. You well,
0: know, and it, it, it's it's an interesting look, especially it, his first year is the first year A&M was in the SEC, uh, which is like, uh, as Sooner fans, we're about to experience this, this next year. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see that transition. But, um, it, you know, I wasn't quite aware of, Um, we had, uh, I I remember this time because we had a good friend who graduated from A&M. So I remember her talking a lot about Johnny football, but we just didn't watch many A&M games. And this documentary is interesting just in kind of talking about like just the timing of his talent and also in the inaugural year of A&M being in the SEC and just how much money came from (laughs) from that partnership.
1: Well, and just to, yeah, I'm just going to take you right into it, but he got all this money and he was paid to do stuff that he wasn't supposed to be doing. Um, and that was part of his big problem. But now, I mean, you get into this NIL stuff and that is kind of setting up that he was basically like, I should be getting the money for these things. Mm-hmm. And so you can't almost fault him because nowadays people are getting the money. But when he did it, he was doing something illegal yeah. and making the school get in trouble. And so that part is kind of weird to watch in light of knowing how much money you can get now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he just basically would cover it up and had... It's just crazy. And he had this best friend. Um, hopefully, you guys have all seen this if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> we didn't give a spoiler alert. Maybe we yeah, should. But...
0: But he has a buddy. His name's Nate Finch.
1: Yeah. And it yeah. was like... His, I mean, they in the way their stories unfolded, they both cared so deeply about each other and their friendship. I really could not believe that it was over. But, I mean, they... He just, like had him kind of as his manager, as his like go-to person and let him take the fall for him. And then he's just gone missing and they're not even friends anymore. It's just terrible.
0: Yeah. And once again, that's kind of, we talked about this with Swamp Kings, this kind of more, almost like this is a autobiography take on Johnny Manziel, even though both documentaries aren't afraid to show the, uh, I mean, they show not the great sides of things. Yeah. But Johnny's
1: is more, it's got like, it has his manager. It has that guy, but it also has his like, the new manager, and that guy's no longer with them. I mean, they called in some other people. It had oh, his parents. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It had it had all sides of yeah. his story more. But
0: the, but this this one, I feel like where like Swamp Kings, I feel like there were some storylines that just weren't talked about, but they they were covering a lot. I still think Swamp Kings was really complete. I will say this Johnny Manziel one. Uh, I the, after it was over, I was like, oh, there's there's a story there. There it, it left a lot where I was like, oh, I really wanted to know more. You know, this falling out with his buddy Nate. And, you know, um, and but it does also. Uh, I mean, they once again kind of talk about the mental health and uh, he even mentions that he got diagnosed as being bipolar and you know, that probably like explains a lot of stuff, but they, um, um, and I think he's, he's very raw and I think it's, it's a big thing for him to, you know, show this side of him. But I kind of, I kind of wanted to know a little bit more. The movie wraps up really fast.
1: Yeah. It could have been, it could have been a three more series like the other ones. It had way more information. Yeah. Um, his, I, I do feel like he's like gone back and he's tried to uh, make amends with some of his life, but yeah. he still says stuff like, "Yeah, I was young, I had had the world in my own. like, I like to have fun," and he didn't act like he cared one bit. And I mean, some of the stuff he said was just so revealing. He did so terrible in the NFL. And he's like, why didn't they kept saying how much game tape did he watch? And he watched zero, (laughs) zero (laughs) amounts of game tape. I mean, he just never practiced, never cared, never fine-tuned the craft. And that's just not something you see normally.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I was listening to something where they were talking about this documentary. And they said some people kind of came out to kind of say, hey, like, no. Him, he was a complete bust with the Cleveland Browns. But he had some highlights from the season also Um, like you know like there were some high points definitely more low points but it is kind of interesting you know uh the nfl is like this beast and uh, to me there's part of me that kind of almost admires like he knew he wasn't in this for the long haul long haul and the fact that he i mean kind of in a way rips millions of dollars i mean he just was kind of like i mean get what i can get right now and you know now the nfl has certainly not shown that love towards its players like in the same way so i do think it's a little funny Is like yeah he should have shown us these years and stuff and it's like well you're it's almost you like you you're get. the team yeah. that got duped yeah. into like yeah. i mean he's doing workouts with like, but like
1: if he was getting all that money which is part of his problem and we go into the NIL, and I am torn. I mean, I get it. You should be paid for your, like, work that they're having to do. But the amount of money that is changing hands is making these players the way that they are, and they can't get any more money. Like, it's just wild. Like, that that documentary right there, like, he was having to sneak around, and that is why he got in trouble, and maybe he shouldn't have uh, with the new rules in place. But it's like they're not teaching them how to manage those funds and how to manage their expectation of it. It's just a weird. It's just kind of a weird dynamic. I think yeah. it needs a needs a tighter look. Like it. <laughs> it's like it swung from this side all the way to the other side, and it needs yeah. to meet in the middle a yeah. little bit. I'm yeah. I'm not pro or con. Yeah. There's just pros and cons on both sides.
0: Yeah, but uh, I I I've, I tend I I enjoy Johnny Football uh, this documentary way more than I expected to. Just um, I I just think it's an amazing, interesting look. Kind of a cautionary mm-hmm. tale of, um, I mean, really, it seems like A&M kind of... I mean, there's really no winners or losers, but they're the ones who ultimately got to build the new stadium, got to do these things. Yeah. You know, um, it's, I, I think it's interesting, even if you take yourself apart from Johnny Manziel, the man himself, I think it's an interesting look of the system and just how, you know, both of these documentaries, I mean, you probably thought this, we talked about the intense workouts that the Gators were doing. It wasn't so, I mean, it was the intense workouts, but it's keeping in mind that these guys are so young. Like all, yeah. and not just these guys, you know, all all, all ath- athletes. collegiate athletes. Yeah. And the fact that we just like, it's like we rip, rip the youth from them, you know, and it's, but yeah. anytime there's money involved, like. There's but he
1: didn't care. He, his, the difference between the two is like the other was like team. We're going to build this and build that. Uh, yeah. And that's what it's showing us. But he could have cared less about anybody. Down to, I mean, he didn't even care about his best friend. Yeah, he only cared or his parents or his team or anything. I mean, he literally only cared about himself. And he is like the. I had I left ten years ago thinking, oh, he's a fun football guy. He won the Heisman. To now, he does where, the money.
0: He does the money. He sign. does the money side. <laughs> yes. To like
1: now, where I'm like, ooh, he is gross. He is the epitome of like that football jock that gets whatever he wants and does terrible things to other people and does not care. Yeah. And, um, has no consequences for his actions. And I, that kind of, I'm surprised. I mean, he probably got money for doing the documentary, yeah. but it did not f- paint him in a favorable no, light.
0: No. So. And, and there's a lot with documentaries as far as like, you know, who comes on and do, does interviews and this type of thing. Uh, we could go probably on and on about Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> just how I feel about that guy. Uh, but like, basically if you have cliff Kingsbury as a representative <laughs> representative of talking about Johnny Football's story and nobody else, it kind of clues you in. I mean, they're from what my memory is, there's not many former players that are talking about, no, you, know, uh, you know, so yeah. it's really interesting when you kind of take a step back and like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, we're all the, but yeah, it's, it, it's sad in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, and, uh, Right, just a really interesting look. So I uh, we, bo- we both we both highly recommend I mean yeah go which watch you him. Yeah. yeah and ever
1: I've seen a lot of people that have watched it so yeah, yeah go right well, go watch
0: them yeah definitely a, a good primer to the football season coming up and get you excited about that uh we would love to hear your feedback especially I'm sure we have lots of Aggie friends I, I would love to hear from them and I'm sure
1: unless you're a sooner fan I'm gonna get eaten alive for my <laughs> bashing of Tim Tebow because he is God's gift to football you know he <laughs> God luckily blessed him with a talent, and luckily he can share the story of to everybody because he is God's gift of football. <laughs> I can't stand that guy
0: yeah personally I don't know any Florida Gator fans but I would love to hear the feedback (laughs) from them on this so but uh, as always check out com for episodes reviews and more Uh, yeah and uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast yeah give us a follow we really appreciate it yeah
1: go sign up for Spotify
0: go sign up for Spotify (laughs) Uh, come back with us next week if you didn't
1: watch just go listen to the episode when he talks and you'll hear it do
0: you want us next week as we talk about the American <laughs> president.
1: Yeah, we're gonna get the guns. All right.